This is Kim Belorchi, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. This week, I'm really excited to welcome Deanna Dykeman as my guest. Deanna is an artist and photographer whose work was recently featured in The New Yorker. Her work, titled Leaving and Waving, captures 27 years of goodbyes. It is heartfelt and poignant and touching, and I know you're going to love her story. I have to tell you, I am so excited to have you on the show, and I know that other people are going to be really excited to have you on the show because you speak so much through your art, but to get to actually talk with you and hear sort of the backstory and your perspective is, is really, really exciting. So for people who maybe aren't as familiar with leaving and waving, um, can you just tell us a little bit about sort of the history and how that came to be? Sure. Um, it actually didn't start out as a project and I, I didn't intend to do it. I had a new camera and I took some pictures and visited my parents and I, I, I brought them back and they were nothing. They were family snapshots. I, it wasn't an art project. It was just some pictures. And I showed them to a, a, a very accomplished photographer, artist friend. And he said, wow, this one of your dad at the barbecue, this is amazing. And I, and I went, really? you know, this is just my dad at the barbecue. And and he saw more in it. And he saw something about um, maybe the parents and the Midwesternness of it. And so I said, Oh, okay, well, I, I like doing this, I'm going to do some more. So I just started taking pictures every time I visited my mom and dad. And, you know, I've always, since I've grown up and went to college, I've never lived near them. And I've always envied people who get to live near their family. And so I just made a lot of trips back to visit them. And when I was there, I took pictures. So one time when we were leaving, I took a picture of my mom waving at the curb. You know, they were happy to see us come. They hated to see us go, but they always waved us goodbye. And I took a picture and it was just part of what I was doing. And then, I don't know, a couple years later, I took another picture. And well, in 2008, I got an award, a big award. I got a a grant from the United States artists and I had some money to spend. And I thought, well, I'll make a book. And I started looking through all my pictures and I found these. I found all the goodbyes and I said, oh my gosh, look at this. Look what I've done. And I made a little book. That's amazing. So because you seem to capture almost the same moment like literally every time you say goodbye, it's that sort of wistful look of goodbye as you're leaving. Um, And it's over the series of 20 some odd years. Yeah. 27 years of goodbye. Let's see. The first one's in 91 and it was 2008 when I realized what I'd done. So that is what nine and eight, that's 17 years that I had done it. And I didn't even know I'd done it. Wow. That's incredible. and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was always, it's, you know, it got to be the feeling of, well, what if I never get to see them again? You know, I've always got a little picture here inside my camera that I'm taking away with me. And so that was in my heart sometimes when I took the pictures. And of course, maybe in my mom and dad's eyes, maybe they have the same feeling I, or just sorrow at, at the departure. I mean, I can't know for sure what they were thinking. But, um, you know, they were a little self-conscious, but I'd already been taking plenty of pictures of them, you know, washing dishes or mowing the lawn or barbecuing or something. So they weren't that self-conscious and it, it did kind of turn into our little goodbye game. 
<laughs> um, but it was also pretty genuine. And I think that's what you're seeing. Yeah. So I told you before we started today that I get really emotional every time I look at the pictures. And um, I, I imagine you've gotten that feedback from quite a few people. Am I right? I have. Yes. And um, it's always interesting. Yeah. So tell me about that. What, what have people said to you? Well, I think somehow they're seeing that look in mom and dad's eyes and they know that look and they've seen it in their grandparents' eyes or their parents' eyes or someone who they are leaving. And um, even though it's my parents, it's like they become some sort of conduit for this feeling we get when we leave and when we have to say goodbye and move on to some other little location or part of our lives. It's quite astonishing for me to, to realize that that um, that's transcending, you know, me and my mom and dad in the driveway in Iowa. It's bigger. Yeah. It's really powerful. Could you have imagined that this would have such a big impact? No, 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 not at all. I mean, I was taking these for me. I was taking these so I would feel better when I left. And um, yeah, it just, I, I sent them off to um, a, a book competition and I was shortlisted for a first book award. And then the New Yorker found them and ran them. And it's just been amazing. And maybe it's a little bit this year and the pandemic that's helped it resonate a little bit more. I'll, you know, I've, I've gotten this kind of feedback in the past, but this year especially has been hard. And as one person pointed out, you know, we're all waving goodbye on screens now. When we conclude a Zoom call, we usually wave to each other, I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And the waving is, is, is getting maybe even more important. Or people are visiting their, their relatives and waving from a porch. That's true. Um, you said you were doing this for yourself and you're, you're capturing them. Um, so when you think about it, is this more their story or your story? Oh, well, you know, when I, the, when I talked to the writer, when I read the story that the New Yorker writer had written, Iran Orby, um, he he kind of talked about um, how it's told a story of the whole family. I mean, the dog is in there, then the dog is old, the baby shows up, then the young child, and then somebody, then the son is driving the car. I mean, he talks about how the whole family saga has unfolded in these pictures. And of course, again, I only meant it or only did it because it was my goodbye feelings. But yeah, you're right. There, there's more stories there than I knew I was doing. And um, I think one of, one of my uh, photography classes, some, one of my professors said, every artist needs an editor, or every photographer needs an editor. And I think one of the most amazing things for me and all of this New Yorkers is to learn more about what my pictures are. Because of course, I can only see them from my viewpoint, but it's been so amazing to see them from your viewpoint or you know, what, what the writer from the New Yorker said. And, and I, I've learned so much 
about what else they are. Yeah, that's a real, that's a really good point. Um, I can only imagine to, you know, what it must feel like to be getting the feedback and hearing people's sort of their own stories through your, your lens, essentially. Some people have sent me pictures of their family and, and they've said, I've inspired them to take a picture. Um, or some people have said they're going to start doing it and they wish they had. So it's really, yeah, it's really cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. Have you always been a photographer? No, I haven't. Um, I had a, it was a long time figuring out what I wanted to do when I grew up. Mm. Um, As a kid, I loved art and my dad gave me a camera when I was a little girl and I took pictures, but I I didn't uh, study it in college. I I, um, studied biology. I went to medical school for a year. I decided that wasn't for me. I went back to graduate school. I got a master's degree in management. I worked in the corporate world and I finally one day um, went to a community college and took a photography class because I just couldn't figure out where I fit and what I wanted to do. And the photography class was the first time I didn't look at my watch. I forgot to eat lunch because I was so excited about what I was doing. And I kind of just said, you know, I, I better pay attention to this. This has never happened to me before. And so I guess I, I found it through trial and error. You know, I kept going until I found something that I just couldn't not do. I, I had that. to do it. That's amazing. And I love that so much. And I am so grateful that you just shared that because, you know, I work with college students and young and a lot of young people. And I'm constantly hearing this. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I'm going. And there's a lot of pressure on young people to know what their path is supposed to look like. And I'm always telling them there's so many paths to everywhere and you might go down one and you might decide it's not for you. And you might turn very sharply, very abruptly and go a completely different direction. And that's okay. And they look at me with so much suspicion because there's, there's so much belief in our culture about this idea that you're supposed to know. Right. So I just absolutely love that. um, You know, we're talking about, books that have been, have been written, right. And books that are showcasing your work. Um, you had, you know, one of the stories of the year in the New Yorker, which is like a huge freaking deal, (laughs) but it's amazing. Deanna, your work is amazing. And, and this is, you know, something that you found along the way, it was not what you started out doing. And I think it's so important for people to understand that this is honestly what life looks like so much of the time. I was 31 when I decided I was going to be a photographer. I did. I, I, I muddled through careers and jobs and college and graduate school. And, you know, it was trial and error. And yeah, if, if you've got a message to your students, just tell them if they don't like that, go to do, go try something else. There's yeah. something out there for everybody. You tell them because they're going to be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is, that is really, really inspiring and awesome. And did you feel like you had the freedom to do that? Or did you feel pressured to stay a particular course? Like what was your, what was your wiring over that? It was a little bit of both. Um, I, I did feel pressure to stay the course because of course we all do. Um, and you know, when I got into medical school, my goodness, you know, that was a big deal. And um, who doesn't want to 
um, do that if they can get in. And, and I, but you know, everything, every time I was somewhere where I didn't fit, I would either kind of get ill, you know, or I, I would not do well physically or mentally. And I, I would start listening to either my body or my mind. And I would say, you know what, this isn't working for me. This isn't who I'm supposed to be. And I guess I got, in some cases, help from a therapist or from talking to people, or I just finally had to say, you know what, I've got to go do something else. Um, And I tried to keep myself in positions where I could either, you know, financially afford to, to maneuver Um, I I quit a really good paying job to be a very low paid photographer. Um, And I I guess I always knew I had to keep looking and keep trying till I found someplace I fit. Mm -hmm. Um, Did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And so have you found that place? Yeah, I love this. I love what I'm doing. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that it isn't tedious. I mean, the, you know, the, the book that I'm working on uh, has been the painstaking, you know, scanning and, and checking the negatives and checking the files. I mean, sometimes it's sheer drudgery. It's not all exhilarating fun, but I, I, I know that when I'm finished, I will, I will be so excited. I, there, there's, I think it was William Buckley. There's an, a writer that said, I hate writing, but I love having written. Mm. And I, I think it was William Buckley, but I, I always think of that because sometimes um, no matter what you do, there's some drudgery, there's some stick your nose to the grindstone and, and just do the work kind of thing you have to do. Of course. And so I, um, you have to keep reminding yourself of that. Right. Right. I think that's true. I think that's true of anything. I think that when people have this idea of like, when you find your bliss or you find the thing that you're supposed to do, that it's all going to be fantastic and fun and easy. I think that's sort of misleading because there are always going to be trials and parts of things that require a little bit more effort and a little bit more push through. But I think the difference is when you're really inspired by what you're doing, you don't ever dread it. You don't ever feel like, oh gosh, I just don't want to do that thing. But and you're enjoying the journey. And yes, um, you're not always in bliss, but you're in a state of flow where you really like what you're doing and how it's going. That's so, so awesome. So tell me about your upcoming book. What What's it going to be like? Well, um, it, it was interesting. I had a few publishers reach out to me. And the one that I ended up working with is a very small publishing house in France called Chose Commune. And I I knew there were ways to make a book that the book itself would become a beautiful object and an art object. And it would transcend the pictures and it would all work together. And the pictures would be even better because they were in this beautiful object. Mm-hmm. And I think she has helped me get there in a way that I could have never done myself. So she and I have been back and forth working on, you know, what do you put on the cover? Um, what font do you use? Um, should this picture go in? Should that one go in? Um, now, in my case, the sequence was easy. They're chronological order. You know, we go from beginning to end. 
And, you know, I'm not giving anything away here because the New Yorker showed up at the end is the empty driveway. And so um, is it a sad story? Well, yeah, kind of. But I think we found ways to make it um, poignant and beautiful as well. So I'm really, really excited about all the things that she brought to the book that I could never have imagined. And it's going to be coming out in March? Yes. So if people want to pre-order, how would they go about doing that? Well, they they can go to the publisher's website, which is Shows Commune. Okay. And the American site is called Citizens Editions. And so... Can you put a link in the podcast? Yeah, I was just going to okay. say, I'll put a link in the notes so people know exactly where to go. Okay, great. Um, Thank you. I cannot wait to, I cannot wait to order this. I'm so, so excited. Um, it's just, your work is so beautiful. And I think it's so inspiring that, um, you know, that, that you found this and that you've, you went with it. And it's just, it's really, there's, there's something so so touching about your work. Um, and I've, I've seen, you know, various photographs over the years and the, the imagery, the the way you capture your subject, it's just like, it like comes through the image and it like, it like goes straight to the heart is the way that I describe it. Um, it like, it like skips the whole rational kind of whatever thinking thing. It just, it goes straight to the heart and that's a gift. I mean, you really have a gift. So, Thank you for sharing your talent with us. Thank you for letting so many of us experience those goodbyes. Um, I know that I've missed so many goodbyes, you know, and I think about goodbyes differently having seen your work. And I'm excited for everyone who's listening to to have a chance to, to really see the beautiful photographs that you've taken and the work that you've done. Oh, thank you, Kim. Yeah, really, really awesome. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, you're so welcome. It's such a pleasure. If you have a message to anyone out there who's thinking about picking up a camera or, you know, thinking about how they want to envision their goodbyes after having done this project and having it been such a big part of your life, do you have um, some, some parting words, a parting thought you'd like to share? You just read my mind because what I wanted to add was the one thing I've learned from the feedback I've heard is that um, just take some pictures of the ordinary moments. You know, don't wait for the big event or the birthday party or the graduation. Just take a picture of, you know, someone washing their dishes or waving goodbye or in their garden or mowing the lawn because it's those pictures you're going to go back and just treasure because it's, it's the, our lives are just filled with ordinary moments. And when you can go back and look at a picture of one, boy, you know, a few years later, it just means a lot. Such wise words from Deanna. I truly hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I enjoyed talking with her. As promised, the links are in the show notes. This is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.